Hey, this is Andrew McGregor from the Hermit's Lamp uh, podcast and dot com. And uh, I want to put together this little talk about working with the dead and the ancestors. Uh, I totally have a course coming up uh, not too long after I'm posting this. But really, that's going to be the last few minutes of this talk. And I'll definitely clearly mark when we're getting into Sully stuff. So if you want to listen to this and not that, you will have a chance to jump off this ride. But I want to talk about how many people, when they're looking for a spiritual path, um, and even if they find a spiritual path that's something quite different from their own uh, history and their own family's history, they often neglect the ancestors who are there on the other side who brought them there. And, you know, for me, I grew up, I was very um, anti, anti-Christian, anti-church. You know, I didn't really dig a lot of what I saw as hypocrisy amongst those things. And, you know, that bled over for a while into my ways of relating to my ancestors. But then at a certain point I realized, especially when I was given my um, my grandfather's Bible and my grandmother's um, hymnal and prayer book, and in her hymnal were tucked these little cards from when she was younger that, you know, talked about her. I went to communion today and I promised to be a good Christian. I promised to be a good Catholic. I promised to do, you know, my my rosary every day. And that sense of who she was and and her feelings, even though maybe later in life she was less invested in that, it really brought to the surface to me that connection between her religious history and sentimentality and how she might like to be treated. And, you know, as I started working with that more, I was like, okay, so I can say the Lord's Prayer for her. That's fine. I'm not saying it for me, right? I'm saying it for myself. I'm saying it for her and for her well-being and for her upliftment, right? And so, you know, when we start to approach our history, one of the things that is really great to look at is what would our ancestors have appreciated and how what might we uh, frame that that we're cool with it, you know, doing it on their behalf. Secondly, we want to approach the idea of working with ancestors from the awareness that just because somebody is dead doesn't mean they're enlightened, you know. I have uh, one grandfather who was a real jerk in life and had a lot of problems. And, you know, every time his spirit rolls around when I'm doing mediumship kind of work uh, or like seance type things, um, he continues to be a jerk. So he's not welcome. So, you know, we, we need to be mindful that spirit doesn't equal enlightenment. Crossing the threshold doesn't in equal resolving our issues. Okay. And so... If you're a person who has complicated histories with family, uh, start by looking at who are the ones that you dug? Who did you really love? Who did you get along well with? You know, um, One of the first ancestors to show up for me was my uh, grandmother, not the one with the Bible, but on the other side. And she was such a delightful and caring person. And she totally started showing up at stuff. And you know, it turns out that I have celiac, she had celiac when she was alive, and, you know, when I was in getting tested for that, she totally showed up to watch over that process, and, you know, so look and think about who those people are, and even if you don't um, necessarily see them or experience them in that way, because I know not everybody does from the get-go, 
You can use other tools to double check in about who's there, if you're a pendulum person or cards, or even just the feeling in your gut about what's going on. And recognize that when it comes to the world of the dead, we don't need to put up with anything, just like we wouldn't put up with it in life. So if somebody's arguing with us or somebody brings that negative feeling, don't, don't stay in the curiosity and work on it. Just be like, you know what? Forget this. I'm not down with this. This is not something that I, that I want to work with, right? And, you know, we want to look at these ancestors as a way of um, building connection because in many ways they have a lot of power over us if they choose to. And in some cases they may not, but in others they may be deeply invested in our lives and where we're going. And if there are issues between us and them, they can also obstruct our lives a lot. And I've seen uh, both justifiably uh, concerned ancestors step up to speak about stuff, as well as ones who are interfering based on judgment and lack of understanding. And by working with ancestors, we can resolve these issues often more easily than we could when people are alive. And we could um, move forward so they're no longer uh, acting as a, a drag in our life and, and taking our energy or as a straight-up blockage and obstructing things. And, you know, finally, often our, these ancestors, because if they're around and they're accessible to us, and, you know, not everybody who died is still around. Some of them move on to we don't know what. Some of them reincarnate. You know, there's many ways in which they might... Um, have moved on to other business with their lives. But the ones who are here are the ones who care, and they're the ones who are invested in their lineage, in their ancestors, so their, their future uh, lineage, and all these kinds of things. And they're often most willing to act on our behalfs. They're often, because they have lived the family stuff, that is the, the intergenerational shenanigans of the families, they often understand things well, and especially if they're uh, more a little more elevated, they are really amenable and able to work on things in a way that is less cumbersome and perhaps less risky than dealing with other more unknown spirits or other systems that require a lot of elaborate learning and structure to get there. Again, there are no guarantees, but it's often easier, it's often better. And where spirits are around and amenable to working with us, our efforts on their behalf, lighting candles, saying prayers for them, uh, cooking a simple food that they would have liked, all of these things can serve to elevate them further where they then have access to more light, wisdom, energy. And they're often you know, deeply appreciative and in continue to stay invested in looking after the future generations of their families. Uh, you know, my guide Melinda is a tremendous example of that. You know, she's been dead uh, from our perspective for over 300 years, but she's spent all of that time following my lineage, following my ancestors, working with the ones who would work with her, and trying to help them. And a lot of what I do in terms of my divination and stuff rests firmly on my relationship with her because she has her original lifetime's worth of experience and then these you know centuries in between where she has been you know growing in wisdom and insight and understanding the human condition better and that's one of the things that's true across all times the details in the culture may change but the human condition always remains the same
So I'm going to talk a little bit about this course now. If you don't want to hear about that, thanks for listening so far, and uh, I'll catch you afterwards. Um, starting in April on the 15th, I'm going to be running a course on ancestral magic. And this course is geared around building these relationships and structures and ceremonies into our lives. It's going to help people figure out which of those ancestors are great to work with, which of those ancestors might need help, and which are there to be avoided. I'm going to teach a simple and easy to learn cardomantic system that I've been working with to help people build more conscious communication so that we can move over the course of, over the duration of the course from using a tool to, to being able to perceive that communication more directly. And we're going to work in a way that if you're adopted, we're going to still reach out to those deep ancestors and bring them forward to the surface. Um, if you have nothing but horrible humans in the last hundred years of your ancestry and you don't want anything to deal with them, but you still feel drawn in these directions, we're going to work to sort of reach past in a deep way in the same way that Melinda has resurfaced in my life to look for those sort of more distant ancestors who are more grounded or elevated at this point in time. And we're going to talk about how do we build these relationships to elevate the spirits and how do we work with these ancestors to get them to assist us in practical matters. And really when I mean practical matters, I mean how do we get them to help our business? How do we get them to open doors to us that are locked? How do we, if someone's sick, how do we get them to bring the right kind of healing into that person's life? Um, maybe on a purely magical level, but, but also in terms of drawing the right professionals to help and so on. Uh, you know, as well as keeping an eye on us, protecting us, and all of these kinds of things. And, you know, many, is, many are the examples in my life of having ancestors sort of stand up and go, hey, dude, you need to be careful right now because this situation's going on, and then I can avoid it or dodge it. So if you're interested in the course, you can find it on thehermitslamp.com. Uh, go to the events page, and you will see the Ancestral Magic course, and you could read more about it and all that. Um, or perhaps you already listened to this on that page. And registration will close on April 15th. If you are inspired, uh, join us. Payment plans are available and you can participate from wherever you are in the world as long as you have internet access. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye.